Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I try to get my iPad to cooperate with me. <clears throat> Whew. Uh, amen. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, <clears throat> give uh, honor to uh, Pastor and his wife. Uh, really appreciate them and uh, the love and support that they have given my wife and I um, through this past year and then as myself technically um, when I uh, first started as youth pastor and uh, pastor if you don't know uh, is a very big proponent of teaching the next generation of ministry uh, not only here he does it for for other ministers uh, young ministers that ask um, and and he is a big proponent of of teaching uh, ministry. One thing you uh, hear J., uh, Bishop J.H. Osborne say, if you uh, listen to the spring conference, he was talking about how um, the people before him kind of died off and that died with them. The preaching ministry and the, the talent that came with that and the knowledge. And so I, I'm glad to say that uh, Pastor does not want to keep that with him. He wants to expound that to uh, uh, the people that come up after him. And so I really appreciate that. I'm thankful for Bishop and his wife. I am partial. They are my grandparents, but uh, uh, they uh, they are the, in my opinion, they are the foundation of of epitome of what you would consider loving God and loving people. Um, you couldn't find anyone else that loves people as much as they do, um, and just the epitome of that. And I'm thankful for my parents. Love and appreciate them and all the work that they do. Um, uh, I, I, I am thankful for their position changing in the past year, and I think we should give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. It's such a blessing. I'm happy for them that they're happy. It is amazing, and uh, I know every day it is a blessing, and every day it just continues to shock them, and, and I'm just so happy for them. I'm thankful for my wife. Um, I'm blessed to have her. She is, she is my best friend. Um, that's the way it should be. Um, we people we talk about it all the time. People ask us, "Well, what is it? How's it been? You know, how's married life?" And I honestly don't know how to really answer that necessarily, except like, well, I said we we just have fun. I mean, you know, we just we just have a blast. I mean, if you were if you were a fly on the wall, we would just be being ourselves and having a good time. We crack each other up. We die laughing. I'm on the floor dying laughing at something that she did or so, said. I'm just it's just it's just us. And uh, I, could, I could not think of anyone better to do life with and have in my corner. And I'm very blessed to have her and I'm very proud of her. Um, and she is amazing. Yeah, give her. That's right. That's right. She doesn't normally like to be the center of attention, but sometimes it needs to be said. <clears throat> so uh, if you'll turn to 1 Samuel 15 and 1. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 15 and 1 says, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken 
thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way, and he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said to the Kenites, Go depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye shewed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from the, among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur. That is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the, the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and of the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refused that they destroyed utterly. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for the opportunity, Lord, to minister your word. I ask you just to anoint my lips, Lord, as I speak your word. Lord, that your will would be done tonight, Lord, to speed what you could do, God. Lord, speak to these people. Lord, not my will, but thy will be done, Lord, in this place. We will not fail to thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. And I didn't say it. I am uh, thankful for our students as well. Um, we have some great students, y'all. You guys got some good kids. All right. Love them. Uh, appreciate them. Uh, we, we say it all the time. We have to knock on wood because uh, when we're talking, we hear horror stories. I say it all the time. It's, it's great uh, to have these great young people. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to speak tonight on building on foundations building on foundations. And um, my wife says I say this every time, but I am a youth pastor, so I feel like I have liberty sometime to have a little bit of fun. Um, <clears throat> so who here has watched Star Wars by a show of hands? Yes, absolutely. My people, my people. No. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> as many of you may know, I have a certain love for Star Wars, grew up loving it. It is my, uh, my favorite TV show, movie, franchise, books, comic books, all that. Um, as I get older, throughout the, the art spectrum when it comes to entertainment, when I'm watching something or reading something, I've found that I look at things through different lenses than I used to. I don't look at it at face value as much as, you know, you know I, I love the entertainment value of it. It's great, but <clears throat> I look at it differently. Different, different areas. Maybe I rewatch it and I look at it and um, I see it from a different life perspective. Maybe a comparison, a lesson that would be good to learn as, as a Christian, good to learn as a life lesson even. Um, many different things. And this message was kind of birthed from some, something like that. Um, and a perspective that I find very powerful. Um, so 
I know many of you, some of you may not be experts on Star Wars, and that's okay. Um, I'm going to give you a brief rundown so I don't have to explain it later um, of what you need to know, what I'm going to talk about. Uh, so first off, there is something called the Force, okay, um, <clears throat> in, which is in all things and is all-powerful, it's all-surrounding, it can't be seen, and it is felt, okay? So here, we're going to consider, it, you may guess, that we're going to consider the force to be a representation of God. We're going to be re representing God, okay? That's, that's a good, easy, easy one. Um, we, got a, we got a picture of a, a Jedi here. That's my favorite Jedi, okay? Um, we got Jedi. These, these guys are the good guys, right? These are the good guys. Um, they are meant to be keepers of the peace and justice. Um, they are connected to the force, okay, to do good and follow its will. Um, so you kind of see the correlation here. We're kind of connecting it. Um, next, we, we have the Sith. And doesn't he? he's a looker. He's a looker. He looks great. You know, he looks good. Uh, they are devotees to the dark side, uh, practicing hate and deception and greed. These are, if you haven't noticed, these are the bad guys. Yes, the bad guys. Um, instead of being one with the force and doing its will, uh, the Sith, um, they have a preface. It's, it's called Darth. Um, names that don't really matter. Uh, but Darth uh, Plagueis, Darth... Uh, Darth Revan, all of these Darths, and, and it means Dark Lord of the Sith, okay? And, and instead of being one with the Force and doing its will, the Sith attempt to manipulate uh, the Force for, for power and for their own gain. Um, we're going to consider the Sith, you guessed it, Satan or sin, okay? Uh, because Satan always wants to play off that he has the same power that God does, uh, but all he does is manipulate, deceive, seek power. The only power he has is what's been given to him by God. He has no power on his own, okay? So a couple more things to note real quick. Just like we have a church building, uh, the Jedi and Sith respectively have temples and shrines um, where they reside, train, meet, meditate. Makes sense, right? We have a church building. We come here to learn, to train. Um, we come here to meditate, to worship, meet, okay? So all that intertwined. So remember that. There's just a little lesson on some of the basics we're talking about here. Um, we'll come back to that, but I wanted to introduce that. So uh, we look at this passage in Samuel. Um, Samuel was sent from God to anoint Saul as king of Israel. Uh, God had said, remember what Amalek had done to Israel and ordered Saul to go utterly destroy them. Now, <clears throat> God could have just said, go destroy them, uh, which in of itself is, is, is a lot and, and destroying is good, but he decided to put utterly in front of it. And utterly destroy means more, more you know, it's absolute. It's completely destroy to extreme degree. Um, and as we can tell from the reading, if you pay attention to the reading, they did not utterly destroy the Amalekites. They, they, they kept Agag alive, which is already a bad start. Um, they kept the best of the sheep and the oxen and the fatlings and the lambs and all all that was considered good, quote, good, all right, that's important, quote, good, um, I'm sure that they were so pleased with themselves, they thought that, that, that what they had done was a great benefit to the kingdom of Israel, and it almost implies that 
there was something joyful or happy about God's judgment. They thought that, well, God brought this judgment, and look what we get. Look what we did. But instead, that was a dishonorment to God because God does not bring his judgment with joy. He brings his judgment with with unpleasure. He is reluctantly giving judgment because he is hoping and wanting men to repent. He's always wanting men to come around and repent. He's not wanting to bring judgment. He is not he is the judge, but he's not wanting to just bring fire and brimstone just because. <clears throat> so, partial obedience is complete disobedience. Saul, yeah. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. Saul and his men obeyed to the extent of what pleased them. They didn't obey God, but they thought that they had the wisdom to decide what was good and what needed to be destroyed because that saved them the trouble and it benefited them not because it followed God's plan, but they thought they could get a couple of things out of it, right? They thought they could get a couple of things out of it. Sparing the best of Amalek is the same of sparing the, the root of some evil. So Saul being a man who started out humble and submitted to God, he was chosen. He was chosen. He decided to go his own way. He, built, uh, he set up a monument for himself after this. He wasn't grieved over his sin. He, he was pleased with himself. Well, I'm a, I'm a wise king. I tell you what, Israel's going to be in good hands now. Look what I did, God. I followed your command and I got all this stuff. <clears throat> He thought he could keep these good things of the evil and go on and be successful. He was going to go on and be successful. And, and he even said that he performed the commandment of the Lord. Uh, I'm reading it in the NLT, but 1 Samuel 15, 13 through 18, it says, When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Um, <clears throat> then what is all the bleeding of the sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle? I hear Samuel demanded. And this is, this is funny uh, because then we have, it's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle. Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God and we have destroyed everything else. <clears throat> and then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. Well, I wonder. Uh, <clears throat> and Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Saul is here. He is boasting. He is boasting. He was self-deceived. He probably really, really believed what he was telling Samuel. All to the extent that when Samuel called him out on keeping these good things, instead of taking ownership, Saul was like, I know, man. The army, right? Uh, people don't listen. And Samuel's probably like, yeah, people don't listen. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, preach it, Saul. Preach it. Yeah. <clears throat> Give me. <laughs> so, he was not taking ownership whatsoever. So, let's go back now. Let's, let's go into Star Wars here. All right? 
Well, let's take a look at the Jedi and the Sith now. So, um, in, in the history of Star Wars, the Jedi were starting to grow and starting to work with the Republic, which would be considered kind of um, what we would consider the political side of Star Wars, the Republic. Um, they, they try to keep the peace with the Republic, and they decided that they need to build a Jedi Temple. They had, they had a Jedi Temple, um, but it was more convenient to be a little closer to where everyone was. So they were allotted a piece of land by the people, and uh, they, they, uh, this planet was called Coruscant. That's where everything was. And so... Where the allotted piece of land was, there was a Sith shrine, okay? They allotted a piece of land to the Jedi that there was a Sith shrine here, okay? And so um, the Jedi thought that they were wise enough, thought that they were good enough, that they could build their temple on top of the Sith shrine. That's what they did. They built their temple on top of the Sith shrine here. They were so prideful that they thought that there would be no consequences to building their temple atop a foundation of a Sith shrine. Pride and disobedience make us blind to our sin. What was completely obvious to Samuel was invisible to Saul. Just like the Jedi were blinded by pride and uh, we, we were blind, we can be blind with our walk with God on these foundations that can be shaky and cracked. We think that these things that we can try to hold on to and just have them here in our foundation and they built it on top of this. We believe that we can build our Christian walk with God on a foundation that has a drink every now and then, or maybe just a little bit of drugs, or how about the more subtle ones that we think aren't, aren't noticeable, but they're noticeable to God? Lust, adultery, not paying your tithes, lying, stealing. <clears throat> how in the world do we think that we're going to be able to build a walk with God, a godly lifestyle, on the foundation of any of these things? on the foundation of the, having that there and uh, the base of our godly lifestyle has that in there. You know, you want to know what happened to the Jedi? You want to know? I know you may think it's silly. It's fiction. That's fine. I promise if you get past the fiction, you look at it as it a parallel of your Christian walk with God, things become very real very quick. The Jedi built this temple on top of the Sith shrine. And this man, we'll go ahead and put him back up there, the Sith. This man by the name of Sheev Palpatine, okay, name's not important, but that's what his name is, um, he was a senator in the Republic, so senators, just kind of like we have state senators, okay, in the Republic, uh, who eventually became Chancellor of the Republic, kind of like a president, okay, um, Palpatine, unbeknownst to the Jedi, was a Sith named Darth Sidious, okay, and let's just do some background, the Jedi have this ability, with the help of the Force, to sense evil, Kind of like the gift of discernment, okay? Um, and they built this temple on top of the Sith shrine. Palpatine was not only able to mask that he was a Sith from them, but he was also able to harness power from them because they built the temple on top of this shrine. Because of that, you know what happened? Well, he was able to gain an apprentice from the Jedi, Okay, there's that. And he was able to overthrow all of the Jedi except for a handful and completely overtake as the emperor of the Republic, which later became the empire. And they ruled everyone and everything, and no one could do anything without the empire's knowledge. So we had our fun with fiction. Let's get a little bit real now. 
We think that we can keep these things in the foundations of our life and try to live a walk with God, and we wonder why we stumble. You gave the devil just enough room to work with. He'll take, he'll take with whatever inch you give, he'll take a mile. He will take it and work with it. Every time you try to try to make a prayer life, every time you try to get your Bible reading done, or every time you try to witness, it, it doesn't happen. Guess what? You stumbled. Well, you have all these things that you've chose to keep in here. We believe that we can build a walk with God on a foundation that has these cracks of worldly things. And we are, all we are doing is being prideful and fooling ourselves. Pride will always lead to self-deception and self-destruction if we don't do something about it. Every single time. So, what do we do? Right? What do we do? Well, what do you normally do when you go and look at your foundation of your house? You, you see the cracks and you're like, well, man. Do, do you, unless you know something about it, I guess I need to call a professional. We'll go call an expert. But before you call an expert, think about this. You have to know the cracks there first. You got to observe your foundation. You got to take a look and examine before you ever call the expert. Because if you don't know it, what change is going to happen? What's, what's going to happen? You know there's a problem. If you know there's a problem, you know where to direct, and you know how to change personally. We've, got to, we've actually got to take a moment. Song of Solomon 2.15, it says, Catch for us the little foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. <sighs> Don't allow the little foxes to take over your foundation. Don't allow those little, that one little thing. That it, whatever it is for you that is holding you back from your breakthrough, that's holding you back from your walk with God, that's holding you back from eternity. Don't let your pride lead to your ultimate destruction. That's all sin is, is pride. It's all it is, is pride. You're not, you're just getting in the way of yourself. <clears throat> when we have done a true self-inventory, and when I say true self-inventory, I mean we should have done what the Jedi should have done. Jedi... When they heard that there was a Sith shrine there, what should they have done? They should have went there before they built anything and destroyed it. Utterly destroyed it. They should have left nothing to chance. But instead, they let pride get in the way and they thought, it's fine. We, we've defeated the Sith before. We've got plenty of numbers. We're going to be just fine. No biggie. No biggie. But no, we have to do a self-inventory. We have to go down to our, in ourselves, within ourselves, to find what's wrong. And once we have done this, we need to let God search us too. Because we may know that there's something wrong. But when we, when we look at it, but we, know everything, we don't know everything. And until we call in the professional and get a closer look, we aren't going to know exactly what's wrong. Psalm so, 139, 23 through 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Yes. 
It's not going to be comfortable. It's not supposed to be comfortable. But even if you have to tear everything down back to ground zero in order to build a brand new foundation with God, you're going to be better for it. You're going to be stronger for it. You're going to be wiser for it. And you're going to be more humble for it. When we let God examine us, we have to make a change. It's not good enough to look at our foundation. Oh, it's there. Well, that stinks. Yeah, I mean, you know, that stinks. You got to crack your foundation. Maybe just the foundation will crumble under you one day and whatever. Uh, no, we've got to make a change. Psalm 51, 1 through 4 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in my, thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. The and the only. That's the thing. We think that sin is just this whole thing where, you know, if as long as no one sees it, I'm good. What, 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 are, you, what are you doing? Right? God knows. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that's ever mattered. That's pride getting in the way. You're letting pride blind you. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding. What are you doing when you're sinning? You're leaning unto your own understanding. It's going to take a lot of faith and trust, but you're leaning unto your own understanding. you got to lean on, to, on the Lord. What did Saul do? He leaned on his own understanding. He kept those things that he thought were good. He thought that made sense. Um, but in doing so, it wasn't God's will. It was Saul's will. And that pride and disobedience cost him the anointing and blessing from being king of Israel. It cost him God's anointing. What are you willing to sin for to trade and have cost? What are you willing to cost? What is the cost for you? Psalm 18.2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Ephesians 2 and 20 says, and are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being himself the chief cornerstone. Matthew 7, 25, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not because it was founded on a rock. We need to be founded upon the rock, the rock of our salvation, the chief cornerstone. Why do you think that he's going to be a part of a foundation that, unbeknown, I mean, un, you think that you want him to be a part of your foundation, but when he looks at it, it looks like you don't want anything to do with him. <clears throat> so, music can come, the, and, and if you'd stand, the, the strength of a building, 
This is a quote from a place called MaloneyConstruction.net. The strength of a building lies on its foundation. The main purpose of any foundation is to hold the structure above it and keep it standing. On the contrary, a poorly constructed foundation can be highly dangerous to its occupants and the neighborhood for obvious reasons. Your poorly constructed foundation of your life won't only affect you. It will affect the next generation. You think that you're moving this line from the last generation. Well, what is the next generation going to do? They're going to move it further and move it further and move it further. We've got to stick to it. This construction place said there are three major roles to a foundation in the construction of a structure. Number one, it is primary purpose to support the load of the entire building. How is your foundation supposed to keep your walk with God supported on the basis of having cracks of sin? On the basis of having all these things that you want to keep in there, how is it supposed to support you? Number two, a well-designed and strong foundation keeps the building standing while the forces of nature wreak havoc. A well-built foundation will keep occupants of the building safe during calamities such as earthquakes, floods, and strong winds. If you're built on a strong foundation, Satan's going to have a difficult time wreaking havoc on you. Satan's going to have a difficult time slipping you up and making you stumble because if you're built upon this foundation, this firm foundation... He could do whatever he wants. Let him, let him try, right? Let him try. Number three, the foundation must be built so that it keeps the ground moisture from seeping in and weakening the structure. You can't just have a partial built foundation. You can't just choose what part of salvation. You can't just choose what part of the Bible you're going to believe in. You can't just choose what you're going to believe in. You've got to believe in the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. One more thing they said to be concerned about looking at your foundation in, in, in a house is that if you look at it and you've got a crack, okay, you've got a crack, if it is one-tenth of an inch wide. You should call someone about it. One-tenth? They say that, that this is about an inch. One-tenth of an inch is all it takes? If just a tenth of an inch is all it takes for the foundation of your home? Well, think about what the difference is for eternity. It's just a little thing. It won't harm anything. We've got to be built upon the foundation. These altars are open. We can't allow these little foxes, these little cracks to break through. If we want to build a godly lifestyle, we want to build our walk with God. We've got to be founded upon the rock. We can't let pride blind us. Don't be prideful. That's all you're doing. You think that you're leaning on, you're on, you're leaning on your own understanding. You may think you're doing the will of God. But at the end of the day, you're being like Saul. You're being prideful and you're letting your walk with God fall to the wayside because these cracks are getting through. Don't let it keep you from heaven. Don't let it keep you from the eternity. Follow after what God would have you do. Come back. If you have to destroy everything back to ground zero and come back and build a brand new foundation with God, a brand new commitment. 
then do it. It's that important. It is that important. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let's sing.
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.